0: A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy, First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football. It's the Punt and Pass Podcast.
1: Dogs are winners. A national championship for a new
2: generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly. I've been laying, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Your Cornballs get stormwater. Welcome in to the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co host Jake from Be sure to check us out on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler, he is at from Jake. Puntandpass.com, the number one destination for all things college football. This episode of Punt and Pass is presented to you by our awesome partners at Solomon Brothers jewelers Solomon brothers jewelers family owned and operated since 1982 that's over 35 years and they have the largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the southeast if you're in the atlanta area you have two available locations to go check out solemn brothers one is in north metro atlanta in alpharetta just past the avalon the other is in buckhead 17th floor tower place solemn brothers has the lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds Guaranteed, check them out on social media at Solomon Brothers on Instagram or Twitter, SolomonBrothers.com. And when you go for an anniversary gift, a birthday gift, an engagement ring, a new watch because you just closed a big deal, just mention Drew or Jake for 10% off your jewelry purchase or the Pun and Pass podcast. Shout out to Solomon Brothers. I'll get you that big watch of the week later on in the show, Jake. I think everybody knows what the biggest game of week two will be. But that's called a tease. So hang around. We'll get just to that. Week one, however, is done. Labor Day weekend, long holiday weekend. I enjoyed it. Jake, I'm assuming you did as well. How are you, man?
1: I did, man. Uh, Man, what a week of college football. A lot of craziness. They did a great job spreading out. Uh, the games over the weekend and uh, for us in the NFL, man, it was on the last weekend Yeah, uh, to kind of sit back, relax, and enjoy it before our 18 week schedule uh, comes upon us. So it's good mm-hmm. to have a little bit of that.
2: No doubt about it. You and I were talking about one thing before we pressed record on this podcast. And I would be really interested to hear if our audience felt the same way. Have you ever had to put up with so many damn commercials on the television when you're just trying to simply watch college football, there was one point this weekend where my wife, Jackie, literally looked at me and she was like, what's the matter with you? And I go, every single channel that I'm turning to has commercials. I'm just trying to watch some football. Jake, I know you felt the same.
1: Dude, absolutely. What is going on? I knew they had that new clock rule with college football, trying to make the games you know, go by a little bit faster. Some teams, wanted to complain about it. Other teams still put up 70, 80 points, uh, like Oklahoma and Oregon. Um, But all in all, us as the consumer of the sport, way too many commercials. We just want to (laughs) watch the ball, man.
2: You're 100% right. You mentioned the clock rule, so I'm sure everybody's aware now because it was definitely talked about on most broadcasts. In college football starting this year, the clock no longer stops on first down except in the last two minutes of the first half and the last four minutes of the game. Is that right? Or is it just the last two minutes of each half? Do you, do you know this?
1: I don't know the specifics. I, yeah. I can only speak to what uh, what's in the NFL at the moment. But Yeah,
2: so in the NFL, obviously, uh, it's different. But in college, it used to be if you got a first down the clock stop. Uh, that's yep. no longer the case. Coaches are complaining, maybe one less drive, maybe seven to 10 less snaps per game on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but it did impact some games, not as much as maybe others. You just mentioned it. Oklahoma 73 to nothing over Arkansas state. I think Oregon put up an 80 burger on (laughs) Portland state. So, you know, horses for courses, I guess, but when you continue to see the commercials that just bombard these college football broadcasts, it makes one thing very clear. Uh, College football has been professionalized in ways that we all thought probably would happen one day, But they're officially here now, whether it's NIL, whether it's conference realignment, whether it's the transfer portal. Keep in mind, people, the big wigs do not want you to show up in the stadium. They don't need you in the stadium. They want you to be on your couch so these TV rights deals completely continue to explode in dollar amounts. And that's what we're witnessing uh, right now, Jake. Enough of the commercials.
1: Holy cow. I agree. It's amazing how fast college football has changed. You got the transfer portal, like you said, conference realignment, NIL, and now all this TV stuff, man, it's just, I mean, what is next? And it has just moved so dang fast. It's tough to keep up with it, man. It's it's an arms race again. Oh my Uh, gosh. And and It's just all, it's all about money. All about money.
2: It's all about money. And one thing that I thought was really surprising is taking us right to our first talking point. We're going to get into some reaction on this Georgia UT Martin game. Took me by surprise that the back-to-back national champion Georgia Bulldogs were not on TV opening weekend of college football. Now, I do do think that every SEC team has to play a game on SEC Network Plus, which is just streaming. So Georgia kicks off their quest for a three-peat. You don't have it on TV. I don't know what was up with my feed. I had to restart my ESPN Plus like four times during the game. Didn't have that issue with any other feeds throughout the weekend. Uh, but I was kind of scratching my head. I was like, really, you couldn't put Georgia on TV for the opening weekend of the 2023 season. Um, again, it's that professionalization of college.
0: football. Yeah.
1: That's what I'm saying. I I hate to play the other side of this, but if I'm sitting in those meetings saying, Hey, how can we get people to sign up and make some money? Yeah. Well, that's how you do it. You get the, you know, the reigning two time national champions to play on that streaming service. And you're going to get a lot of people, you know, locked in and signing up for it because it's the first game of the season. And nobody wants to miss out.
2: No doubt about it. All right. Well, let's talk about this Georgia UT Martin game. Georgia wins, of course, 48 to 7. The bigger talking points coming out of the game were one, the slow start on offense, seven points in the first quarter, 10 points in the second quarter for a 17-0 lead. And they woke up a little bit in the second half. 14 points in the third quarter another 17 in the fourth again total tally 48 to 7 over ut martin but everybody was zoom focused on carson beck he been named the starting quarterback of this georgia team two and a half weeks ago in his first start for the dogs and of course mike bobo in his first coaching as the offensive coordinator for the dogs of the 2023 season so a lot of people talking about the slow start a lot of people talking about the play calling jake can we just tell everybody to chill out? I mean, what are we even discussing? This was UT Martin people week one. Take a deep breath, please.
1: Look, I agree with you a hundred percent. The bar has been set so astronomically high um, for this team, for this yeah. offense, and then for Carson too, man. Um, I mean, it's tough. You know, he he got you know named the start two and a half weeks ago, and he's supposed to come out and be twenty for twenty. Three hundred piece, three tutties, and you know, <laughs> know, like, man, that is just so unrealistic. Like, stuff happens in your first start. It doesn't matter where you are or who you are or how many years you've been there. Like, there's there there is some some guess and check and figuring some stuff out um, that you just have to figure out as a player. Um, you know that Bobo has to figure out as a play caller um, and like who and what their identity is on offense. I, t- to me, I, they're still figuring that out. Of course, you know, who, who, who their guys are, who can they count on? Obviously, Brock is Brock. Uh, no one human being on this earth can tackle Brock Bowers. Yeah, he's trying. It's unbelievable. Um, but I mean, they got a lot to figure out. Um, I, you know, the running back position too, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, who, who's their go-to receiver? You know, who, who's their guy? Somebody's
2: got to step up. Somebody's got Somebody's to step, step up.
1: You know, I don't. I mean, did uh, I don't really know if Arian ended up with a catch? um in the entire game he did so, not you know he got targeted a bunch you know he you know he's the 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 big speed guy to take the top off and you know it didn't, to me i didn't really see a whole lot of explosiveness um uh, but we sit here and, and pick uh pick this apart all day long of course we can but you know at the end of the day they scored 48 points the defense held them to seven we won the ball game all the stats and stuff look good on paper at the end the end product is good but how we got there, we just wish it started a little bit
0: faster.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I think it is really cool too. And this has kind of become a theme among these Georgia defenses, how much pride they have of not wanting these teams to score against them and UT Martin did score in in the second half. They had a nice little 12 play drive to get into the end zone, but you could see those guys who are out there on the field. They did not want to allow them to get into the end zone on the flip side. Carson Beck, you mentioned it. The expectation is go 30 for 30 for 7,000 yards and 20 touchdowns. Every single game, he went 21 of 31, 294 yards, a touchdown and no interceptions. I thought Kirby smarts post game press conference saying, Hey guys, yet, We did not play up to our expectations today, but we don't have to be great in this game, right? We are figuring out what's going on. One thing that maybe concerned me a little bit was the line of scrimmages. You know, those guys maybe weren't exactly 100% ready to go. Maybe they thought they could just roll their helmets out there. And, of course, UT Martin is going to be fired up and playing very physical. On Thursday's podcast, Jake, you said it's like a never-ending hamster wheel trying to get ready for the season, okay? You go through summer conditioning, try to get ready for fall camp. Once fall camp starts, you're not exactly in great condition. And then you're in fall camp, and you're trying to get ready to condition for game one, and then game one comes and you're just not in the type of shape that you wanted to be in. Now you have to get into that rhythm of continuing to be in your best physical shape on Saturdays throughout the fall. And it seemed like Georgia's lines of scrimmages, they just weren't ready for that fight. And I don't necessarily blame them because they probably weren't expecting much of one. And then the rushing attack as well, that Roderick Robinson looked pretty well uh, running back by committee for the time being ball state comes in this weekend. Um, Go back to what you said Carson Beck's goals should be against these lesser opponents. Command the offense, move the chains, end with scores, whether it's field goals or touchdowns. They will be more crisp upcoming this weekend against Ball State because they really have to be. Um, And on the whole, 48 points, people. Carson played pretty well. It's just going to take some time. And you look at the schedule, and you should say, thankfully, we have a schedule that allows us to figure out what we want to
1: do. Yeah. Thankfully uh, we do, man. And, you know, not like some of these other teams coming out uh, and playing these big time opponents and, and really getting hit in the mouth uh, pretty early. But um, you know, I, I, I do agree with you big time on the offensive line and just, just wish the running game, just it, to me watching it, just felt like it, it should be easier than that. Um, we're yeah. playing these these kind of guys to um, just, you know, you should be able to hand the ball off and you should be able to get four or five, six, a pop, you no know, doubt. not to, you know, the, the negative runs really kind of irk me in, in games like that. Um, and um,
2: 30 yeah. rushing attempts, 162 yards, 5.3 average per carry.
1: That's what I'm saying. Uh, it, it, lo- it looks good on paper. It looks yeah. fine on paper. But just when you watch it, you're like, ah, you know, that, that, that shouldn't happen. We shouldn't just miss a block or, hey, we should have an answer for this. If the nickel's coming off the edge. Let's replace them, uh, you know, with a bubble, a screen pass, you know, whatsoever. So, you know, just yeah. I just I'm just kind of caught in this. uh, you know, it's it's okay. It's it's week one. There's a lot of things to figure out in the two. Hey, man, we if we're gonna be who who we are, yeah. we gotta play better than that.
2: Okay, so tell me this as a quarterback because I I want to address the concerns. And again, this is like the. Um what is it? The vocal, the vocal minority, as some people call it on social media. Mm. If you're a Georgia fan, you're very well aware of that. The naysayers, the pessimists, of course, every fan base has them, but uh, they were out in full force in regards to the play calling. My question is this to you last year, season opener in Mercedes-Benz stadium against the top 10 ranked Oregon team, Georgia came out firing on all cylinders. They busted out some trick plays. They were dispersing the ball all over the field. Uh, This year in the home opener against UT Martin, of course, the play calling is going to be way more conservative. Why would you want to throw the entire playbook open against essentially what was a high school team in UT Martin? Can you discuss if if that's really something that happens leading into games against lesser opponents like this?
1: Yeah, 100%. You just want to hey, nice, clean, easy game plan. Let's go execute. And you could tell on the first drive they had some nice, easy passes uh, for Carson to kind of, get some comfort under his belt, so to speak, Uh, go three and out, um, miss on a third down conversion, you know, and then on the second drive, you know, back to good old Georgia, run, run, you know, pass there on third down, you know, you don't get it. And so it's just, ah, it's a little, you know, Hey, what are we, who do we want to be? What are we? Um, And that's just something they're going to have to iron and figure out.
2: No doubt. Brock Bowers, great game. Five catches, 78 yards, a long 23-yard catch. Mackay Muse, huge shout-out to him. I mean, Dude, a lot of expectations coming out of camp. Go. Three that's catches, awesome. 75 yards, and he had a 54-yard touchdown reception as well. So he looks good. Georgia's going to be just yep. fine, people. Um, let's give them a little bit of time to ease into this season. I saw the AP poll came out this morning, still ranked number 1. It's going to be just fine. All right, let's switch gears. The team that made the most noise on Saturday of opening weekend, Deion Sanders, Coach Primes, mm. Colorado Buffaloes, upsetting TCU. I was dead wrong on this game. I think wow. most people were dead wrong on this game. Absolutely enormous performance by Shadur Sanders Jr. Jeez. That, of course, is Deion's son. Travis Hunter from Collins Hill High School right here in the great state of Georgia. 145 total snap shake. I text you. I go, this is crazy. You do not see it anymore. It's like Heinz Ward, Champ Bailey, Charles Woodson type performances. Colorado may or may not be for real. They're hosting Nebraska coming up this weekend. That's your big noon game on Fox. Like it or not, Colorado's going to be in your face all season long, and they showed out big time in week one with a huge upset victory over TCU.
1: 510 yards passing. Holy cow, they came out to say to the world, we are here. Or for real. Uh, our, our time we here. Is now we here. Yes. <laughs> if, you watch, if you watch that video, yes, <laughs> that's uh that's funny. But uh Dion hit it in his presser after the game. Uh he you know he's getting on the media for not believing.
2: Yeah, and, is that uh,
1: real? Do you buy into that? It was like, Hey, I, I I I believe in you, I believe you're gonna turn yeah. the program around. 100%. But I I, won't I, be honest, I didn't think it would happen in the very first game you dressed out as the head no coach doubt. for the Buffs. I mean, that that performance. Now, TCU is not – last year's TCU lost a ton of guys. Um, but, I mean, they still got pride. I mean, they don't want to go yeah. be, get beat by these guys. I mean, there, there's a lot to show up, and there's a lot on the line here. Uh, but, man, Colorado man, came out uh, and said to the world, man, this is this is for real. We we
2: 45, 45 to 42 over TCU. You just said it. Shadur Sanders 38 of 47, 510 yards and four touchdowns. Here's probably even more remarkable. Four Colorado receivers caught for 100 plus passing yards. Absolutely incredible receiving yards. Excuse me. Absolutely incredible game. Travis Hunter had the interception down by the goal yep. line. Travis Hunter also had 11 catches for 119 receiving yards. That kid bona fide five star, bona fide Heisman conversation around two of the Colorado's players after yeah. week one. Here's something that's even crazier last week. The look-ahead line for the Nebraska-Colorado game, Nebraska was like an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Now, Nebraska is a three-point underdog. That line has switched so dramatically. Uh, I don't know if that's a complete overreaction on Colorado, but will they be able to keep it up? You know, they got really – I don't think they have as much depth as they probably would like. Again, 60 new players in the transfer portal. But you know what? They were very well coached.
1: They were. They were. But they had a great plan. on not offense. a lot of penalties, yes. And what they did, uh, I mean, it was great. I mean, to go 38 for 47, like, that complicit percentage right there is yeah. is astronomically high. I mean, that is – that's solid. That means, hey, I know what the plan is, and I'm dinking and dunking and taking yeah. my shots, and I am getting my shots. Like, we are completing balls, um, and that's tough to do, man. A game like that, down to the wire, like, if you're going to throw some balls away, you're going to do this, have some bad balls, but – Boy, let me tell yeah. you what this—that was impressive.
2: It really it was, impressive. was
1: impressive. And and, and, and two, I you know talk about the Nebraska game next week. I don't want to be sitting on the other side of Dion, you know, and him calling me out for not believing. So I, I'm in. I'm stuck. Yeah, I believe yeah. It.
2: <laughs> exactly. I saw a great meme after the game. Deion Sanders was like hugging the TCU running back because the TCU running back Trey Sanders he had a pretty good game as well. Three touchdowns that came up just short. And the meme of Dion like hugging this kid said this is the last guy you want talking to one of your players after a game. Cause all he does is bring in recruits and transfers. And I thought that was pretty funny. So Colorado off to a great start. Dion, we all love you. I don't really know where this, you know, manufactured, um, you know, slight of the media is coming from, but we'll get plenty of Colorado Their Their home opener is next week against Nebraska. All right, before we get into Florida State and Clemson, two ACC teams, and then we're going to wrap this up, I do want to just go ahead and let everybody know what the Solomon Brothers' big watch of the week is for week two. You know where we're heading. It's Tuscaloosa, Alabama, number 11 Texas, heading to T Town to take on number three Alabama. This game was an instant classic a year ago in Austin. Alabama snuck away with a one point win. We all know Nick Saban's record against his former assistant, Steve Sarkeesian, of course, in his third year as the head coach of Texas. Quinn Ewers, will he be able to withstand that raucous environment? Jalen Milrose solidified himself as the athletic quarterback and the starting guy at Alabama. Look, you can look at this one both ways, Jake. I think Alabama is about a touchdown favorite. Some people in the media are saying this is Texas's year. They're going to go in there and beat Alabama But on the whole, dude, Alabama just doesn't lose a lot of games at home. I I think Alabama's for real as well. This is a tough task for Texas coming up this weekend.
1: I agree with you on that. And then Texas, too, a lot like Georgia, started off very, very slow in their game. And they're going to have to figure something out and start a whole lot faster if you want a chance uh, versus the Alabama Crimson Tide.
2: No question about it. That is going to be your Solomon Brothers big watch of the week. For week two, Solomon Brothers has the lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds guaranteed. They offer custom jewelry designs, lifetime diamond upgrades, and their beautiful stores are simply impeccable. Amazing service as well. There's one in Alpharetta just past the Avalon. The other's in Buckhead 17th floor tower place. Solomonbrothers.com at Solomon Brothers on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Sunday night, Florida State absolutely demolished LSU. Second half, they woke up. It looked like the Florida State teams of old. My cousin, who lives in Charlotte, North Carolina, he's a Florida State grad. He sent me a screenshot of him purchasing his plane tickets to Houston in January. He thinks Florida State's going to the national championship after that performance. But I will say I was on the right side of that game. Um, LSU just looked sluggish in the second half and Jordan Travis flat out outplayed Jaden Daniels. There's no question about it. Very impressive by the Seminoles in week one.
1: I, uh, I mean, to be honest, I was not really expecting this the way it turned out, if anything for LSU to really turn it on in the second half and dominate, but man, it was just all Florida state in the second half. I mean, Jordan Travis played great, uh, had the receiver calling a shot on the DB there uh, in the game. I don't know if you've seen that video clip, um, but man, uh, talk about the Seminoles, man. I, I think they're they're here to stay, and I think they're going to have a pretty good season this year.
2: Well, yeah, when you compare them to what Clemson looked like last night, the ACC yeah. is wide open. I do want to get your thoughts on that game, Duke just bullying Clemson around. Uh but are you worried about LSU or was it just simply hey, not their night, Florida State careered it with a great game plan. Um, or is LSU maybe out over their skis? There were a lot of high expectations in Baton Rouge. Yeah,
1: man, a lot of high expectations. Um, and then as good as Alabama looked, you know, they kind of looked like Alabama of old. It didn't didn't um, you know, it didn't really overexpect you, but then you know, they they came out and they played like like they play, like Alabama yeah. plays. So um, but LSU had high hopes for this year and that is a big, big, uh, hit in the gut, uh, going into the season because, um, I mean, 0-1 out of state, it didn't look good for the conference either. Uh, yeah. South Carolina, South Carolina lost. Um, and there was one other SEC team that lost, um, too. we were over three, uh, versus, uh, the ACC, I believe, but South Carolina
2: lost who else lost, uh, LSU lost. And there's one more you I said. It was one more.
1: Yeah. Um it escapes me. I'll, look I'll it find it. I'll find it. But um, uh, yeah, dude, it's gonna be exciting to kind of see what Florida State does this year because the SEC looks wide open. Yeah, uh, no
2: question about it. I mean, they dominated in the second half. Florida State was down at halftime, um, 21 points in the fourth quarter as well. Brian Kelly kind of taking full blame for it after the game, and LSU is gonna have to kind of go back to the drawing board. Fortunately for them, it's not in the SEC. Uh, so just like last year, they lost that game. Um, in week one, and they fought their way to win the SEC West and uh, take on Georgia for the SEC championship. So season's not over for LSU, but maybe a little worrisome if you are an LSU fan. Let's talk about Clemson, because that game last night, Clemson looked lost, turning the ball over, blocked field goals, not being able to capitalize, and give credit to Duke. Ten returning starters on offense. They whooped up on Clemson uh, in the lines of scrimmages. Mike Elko heading into his second season. Riley Leonard, great quarterback play. Uh, they dominated. Rushed the field. Is Clemson done? Is the dynasty over, Jay?
1: That is a great question. Uh, I mean, just didn't really look clean on offense. You know, kind of what is going on. And then uh, you know, Sam Howell mentioned to me today that Clemson doesn't take transfers. And so they yeah. are. They, you know, that's that's kind of Dabo's thing. Which I get it. But you got you're gonna you're, if you're gonna stand on that hill. I know, man. You, you have to be willing to die on that hill, and that could kind of hinder them from being able to compete and stay in a lot of ball games because missing out on a few guys.
2: What would be the reasoning for that? Um, you know, Kirby obviously in Georgia, they're not as aggressive, but they address needs uh, mm-hmm. when they when they pop up. So, what would be the reason to say? We don't get into the transfer portal. I just don't get it. This is a new age of college football, adapt or die. And it seems like Clemson's kind of falling by the wayside in some respects. I was texting uh, with a former teammate of mine who went to Clemson, and I was like, man, just a couple of years ago, you had Deshaun Watson, you had DeAndre Hopkins, you had absolute balls all over the field. And you see these Clemson teams like from last night, you're like, it's just not the same, doesn't have that same feel.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Like the the big household names just aren't there. The the playmakers on the perimeter um, aren't really quite there. Um, but going back to the transfer portal thing, I think it comes down from my perspective of more of a culture thing that you're trying to build in your program. Yeah. Um, of, yeah, you know, hey, you got to work, you got to earn it. Um, and then, you know, to be able to kind of say that on one side of your mouth and then bring in some some random guy off the street and just say, hey, here's the starting job um uh, you know they kind of didn't really sit well with a lot of guys but um yeah yeah you know, really at the end of the day it all comes out of winning football games so however you got to do it do it
2: well they did not do it last night <laughs> uh losing 28 to 7 to duke shut out in the second half they were up seven to six at halftime duke scores 22 points in the second half to win convincingly 28 to seven K club Yeah. A lot of hype for him. Garrett Riley coming in as a new offensive coordinator yeah. uh, from TCU. I know Clemson fans were happy that Dabo made that choice and made that switch. Cause he hadn't done that in the past uh, and they fell fine on their face, but you know, Dabo after the game said that was one of the weirdest games I've ever been a part of. And he was discussing how on the stat sheet they dominated. But Jake, as you know, if you turn the ball over and, and you miss kicks you're you're not going to win many games against anybody.
1: No, no, not at all. Especially when you turn the ball over. And then I think Dabo also said something about you know it being the the Clemson offense is what we're running. Um, so I you know I had this conversation uh, with somebody earlier today about the you know the Clemson offense. It, they don't really have a whole lot of an identity. It's just very gimmicky, in my opinion, very high schooly, in my opinion. Um, so we'll see where it, it gets them throughout the season, and if they adapt and they change it all.
2: Yeah, Club Nick threw a pick. They also lost two fumbles, and then in the kicking game, zero for two. That is mm. not a recipe for no success. Boy, no. Clemson is going to have to go back to the drawing board. I think they got knocked all the way back to number twenty-five in the AP poll from number nine. Colorado's mm. in there at twenty-two. Um, I like to see that. You know, shake it up a little bit. We all have a week under our a week of college football under our belts. Let's let's uh let's set the stage for what should yeah. be an awesome week two coming up this weekend who do the washington commanders play in week one of the nfl play the, season
1: play the arizona cardinals at home okay uh, it's gonna be a big one we have a uh, packed out sold out uh, house there so it'll be fun man they're selling tickets in the standing room only so come on i think, I think we're expecting a big crowd it should be a really good atmosphere
2: We're all Commanders fans with our man Jake Fromm on the squad. A lot of fun recapping week one of the college football season, week two, coming up with some big-time games. This episode of Punt and Pass presented to you by Solomon Brothers Jewelers. Check out Solomon Brothers on Twitter and Instagram at Solomon Brothers. They're at SolomonBrothers.com. If you go to one of their two awesome locations, one is in Alpharetta just past the Avalon, the other in Buckhead, 17th floor tower place. And you mentioned punt and pass or mentioned myself or Jake, you can get 10% off your jewelry purchase. And one of the beautiful things about Solomon brothers, jewelers is the store is for anyone with any budget. They have the lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds guaranteed in an in-store experience that is totally unmatched. Solomon brothers, jewelers, solomonbrothers.com Jake, anything on the way out, my man.
1: No, but it, it did come to me. The lat that team I was talking about that lost was not against the ACC, but it was an embarrassing loss in the fashion they lost in the University of Florida. Oh golly, you're right. We forgot yep. about that one last it, Thursday it was, yep. night. It was a forgettable was a performance. Very forgettable performance. So coming around full circle, um, it's always good to throw that nugget in at the end yes. uh, of a show about Florida losing. So
2: yes, now we're and- here. Absolutely. Follow us on social media at puntpass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at from Jake. puntpass.com. We will talk to you on Thursday. See you.
1: We up.
0: Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.
2: Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair?